You're listening to The Real Health Podcast by Ebony May. Do not compromise 95% of your joy and fun to weigh 5% less. Hello, Real Healthers. Welcome back to The Real Health Podcast. As always, I am your host, Ebony May, and today is a solo episode where I'm going to bust a few common weight loss myths. Life is far too short to stress yourself out about losing weight, especially if the things that you're trying are actually not true. So I'm going to dive straight into the real recap, and then we will get to busting these five myths that I cannot stand. I have had a really nice week rolling off the back of holidays back to work this week with my clients, which has been really lovely. Jordan is still on holidays, so he has been watching the NBA and a bunch of cricket and all those kinds of things, which I find quite boring, but it's been nice to have him home and to be able to spend a lot of time together because over the holidays, I'm sure you know, a lot of people, you know, going to different places and we didn't really have any time, just the two of us. So we're soaking that up at the moment. Had a beautiful morning this morning with clients and then Jim. Jordan made me a beautiful smoothie and I've just had an almond cappuccino that he made. I got him a coffee machine for Christmas and it is the best idea to get your partner a gift that yes, they want, but then you reap the rewards from. So now I get really nice coffee. It's one of those ones with the grinder, the milk frother, and it looks legit. It's like a tiny mini barista one. So I've been having a lot of fun with that. I highly recommend for your partner's birthday or Christmas, get them something that you can also reap the benefits of. It's not selfish, it's thrifty. It's smart. Let's get into today's episode. So let's kick off with the first myth that I think has been around for a very long time. And I was trying to think of why we, why we think this. The myth is that carbs make you fat. Is butter a carb? I think it kind of stems from the fact that often the foods that we associate as unhealthy are often rich in carbs. So thinking about chips, hot chips or potato chips, cake, bread and other things that restrictive diets will often exclude, those are the things that we think about when we think about carbs. And because so many diets cut out carbs, the narrative is perpetuated that carbs aren't good for you and that carbs make you fat. So I hate using the term calories in versus calories out because I do think that it encourages a reduction in calories and has no emphasis on nutritional density. You can live by calorie deficit, that by no means means that you're healthy. So I really don't like using this term. But when we're purely discussing weight loss, it's true that you have to be in a calorie deficit to be able to lose weight. You do have to be expending more energy than you're consuming. So by this logic, there's actually no way that one type of macronutrient can make you fat. It's more about the amount of that macronutrient that you consume rather than which ones you actually consume. So when we actually look at the kilojoule per gram, so because in university in Australia, we go by kilojoules rather than calories. So I'm kind of better at kilojoules than calories. So I'm going to interchange, but let's talk about kilojoules first. Kilojoules per gram. Let's look at the main macronutrients here. So carbohydrates and protein are actually 17 kilojoules per gram compared to fat, which is 37 kilojoules per gram. And so carbohydrates aren't even the densest macronutrient, meaning that if you are purely eating carbohydrates, which we don't, every food is made up of a different macronutrient breakdown and different ratios, and another person was purely eating fats, and again, that wouldn't happen, then you would need to eat more grams to reach the same kilojoule as that other person. 
So weight loss and gain is about your energy consumption versus your energy expenditure. And so it's untrue and illogical that eating one type of macronutrient would make you gain excess weight when you have an even or a negative energy balance. Suggesting that one macronutrient is more likely to make you gain weight is like suggesting that one type of car is more likely to make you speed. We are in charge of our consumption and whether or not we acknowledge our hunger and satiety cues. So at the end of the day, it is up to us. And yes, if you're eating, the other thing is that carbs, like I said, are often rich in those processed foods. We've got a lot of sugary processed foods and we kind of associate that with a not healthy diet. And then we associate being not healthy with gaining weight. But if you eat those sugary foods in moderation, in amounts that aren't exceeding the amount of food that your body actually needs, then no, you won't be putting on weight. So carbs do not make you fat. It's impossible for one macronutrient to say that one macronutrient makes you fat. It's like saying eating mangoes makes you fat when if you eat excessive amount of mangoes and you exceed your calorie or energy requirement, then yes, you will put on weight. But it's not because of the mango, you know? We can safely say that myth number one, that carbs make you fat, is busted. Moving right along to myth number two, which is I think the one that does my head in the most. Eating 1,200 calories is the best way to lose weight. Or that the magic number is 1,200 calories, that we should all be on 1,200 calories if we want to be in a calorie deficit. So 1,200 calories seems to be this magical number that's floating around the internet and a lot of programs, I see 1,200 calories. A lot of younger girls, when I speak to them, they're like, yeah, 1,200 calories, woohoo. Um, and it's meant to help you lose weight. And there are a few reasons why this makes my blood boil. So everyone has a unique energy requirement. We've been talking a lot about energy requirement today. That's essentially the energy that you need to live. Everybody's energy requirement is based on their expenditure. The energy that you need to consume is dependent on the energy that you expend. Just like the fuel that you would need to fuel up your car, it depends on how much fuel that you've actually burned. If you've gone through a whole tank of petrol, then of course you're going to need to refuel. But if you've only done one five-minute drive, then when you refill your tank, it's not going to be a full tank of petrol to fill up. It's only going to be a little bit. And this, we work the same way. When we aren't expending a certain amount of energy, then we only need a little bit of energy to replenish us and to consume. So everyone has their own requirement based on their expenditure, which is dependent on a myriad of variables. What sex you are, the height, your current weight, your basal metabolic rate, which is how much calories or how many kilojoules you burn just doing nothing. And all of these variables that need to be considered are not considered by stupid one size fits all diet plans. That's what we need to remember that there is actually no universal, you know, you should eat this many calories. And if you go on to nutrient reference values, it will tell you for somebody's given age, but they do also take into account their physical activity level. So that PAL, you'll see P-A-L, and that's really important too. And it does have a reference height. So those things are really important to consider. And even then, that is a guesstimation. So it's not exact to that person because we can't we can't just produce, mass produce every single person. Everyone is different and everyone's different day to day as well. You know, sometimes you might be on a holiday and you have done lots of swimming and you get home that night and you're starving because you've been swimming, expending energy all day long. But the next day you just lie by the pool and you don't do very much, then you're not going to be super hungry. So it's different person to person, day to day. Whenever this myth comes up, the whole 1200 calories or the really low calorie diets, you get those people who say, well, it actually is true because I was on 1,200 calories and I lost a heap of weight. It is likely that you will start to lose weight if you're eating 1,200 calories. And this is because it's most likely a massive drop 
and what you're used to eating. If our consumption is lower than our expenditure, we will lose weight. But this is an extremely low calorie amount. So a report from 2011 estimated the average energy requirements for girls aged 13 to be 2,223 calories, which is 1,023 calories over the magical 1,200 number that so many adult women, full-grown women, think they should subscribe to. So this is effectively starving the body, and when we starve the body, it's going to result in a slower metabolism and storage of fat as often as possible to avoid starvation. Your body then thinks, okay, there's obviously not much food around. We're in a famine, so I'm going to slow down my metabolism to make sure we hold on to as long as possible whatever foods that we have. And if we ever have the option to store food, store fat, we're going to because we need this energy because it's not readily available to us. So that's what happens in starvation mode. So eating 1,200 calories may sound like an easy, quick way to lose weight. After that first bit of weight starts to drop, you're only going to wreck your metabolism and make your body think that it's starving. There is no kilojoule or calorie amount that is tailored to you unless you get a professional or work out yourself all of those different variables that is specific to you. So we can safely say that myth number two, eating 1200 calories is the best way to lose weight, is absolutely busted. Myth number three is that low-fat, gluten-free, paleo products are good for weight loss. I hear so often that if it's gluten-free or paleo or vegan, it doesn't count or it's okay to eat because it's vegan and so on. Now, low-fat, gluten-free, paleo are terms that state what is not in a product. So a lot of the time, and I've spoken about this before, we have this connotation between these different types of foods, low-fat, gluten-free, paleo, and the fact that they're healthy, when really it definitely is not the case. And you can find a lot of foods that are not nutritionally dense that are gluten-free or that are paleo. All it means is that gluten isn't in it. And all that you know from these terms is what isn't in the product. So just because something is vegan, it doesn't mean that it's full of nutrients. So these foods are not necessarily always healthy. And as I addressed earlier, it's not so much the type of food that dictates weight gain or loss, but the amount consumed compared to the energy expended by that person. So I think a lot of the time somebody's on a diet, they go down to the health food aisle and they think, okay, I'm on a diet, I'm trying to lose weight, so I can eat anything I want from this health food aisle. When really, when we're breaking down, yes, it might be more nutrient dense in the health food aisle, but we know absolutely nothing about, or if you haven't checked it, you don't know anything about the actual um, caloric density of that food. So you don't actually know if it's more beneficial for weight loss. All you know is that it's paleo or it's vegan. It doesn't say anything about nutritional density. It doesn't guarantee that it's going to be good for weight loss. So it's important to just acknowledge that these foods and even low-fat foods, low-fat food might actually not be the best because it might be loaded with sugar. We don't know. It's it's still like it's there's no you need to make sure that you're checking the label and making sure that you're checking the nutrient density as well. And if you are focusing on weight loss and if that's your journey right now, it's totally okay if it's not then you do need to consider the amount of foods that you're eating and how calorically dense different foods are. And if you are on a serious weight loss journey, I would be saying try and be smart about, you know, I don't count calories and I don't advocate for counting calories, but if you are, try to get the most nutrients within those calories as well because I see time and time again that people are doing that if it fits your macros things and they're just trying to, it's it's more of a mathematical equation rather than seeing what nutrients they can actually get into their diet. It's okay, how many donuts can I have X, Y, Z? Which is completely fine. You do you, but I'm just saying as a nutritionist, I, I would preach that you consider the nutrient density of your food and consider your nutrient 
value consumption. A low-fat, gluten-free, paleo products, all good for weight loss. This is a myth that is also busted. Number four, natural sugar is better for weight loss than refined sugars. Now, this is similar to the one we talked about with gluten-free paleo. We sometimes walk into the supermarket and we see refined sugar-free and we think, yeehaw, this is good for me. This is healthy. There's again, again, there is absolutely no guarantee that that thing is healthy. There are a bunch of different, I can't remember what the number is, but you know, every year it increases the amount of names that we have that actually mean sugar. So it might be free of sugar, but it might have another sweetener. So it's just, and, and there's nothing wrong with consuming sugar, but again, we need to be mindful of the amounts of sugar that we're consuming and consuming natural sugar in excess is still not good for your body. Just because it's not refined sugar, it's still not good for your body to be consuming an excess of, of this. So if you compare it, and now we're, again, we're looking at weight loss because this is all about busting weight loss myths, natural sugar being better for weight loss than refined sugars. If you compare one tablespoon of honey, which we is a natural sugar, to one tablespoon of white sugar, right, refined sugar, you'll find that the honey is high in calories, carbohydrates, and sugar. And the honey is also slightly higher in minerals and has a lower GI, which is the measure of how the blood sugar level changes in response to a given food. But again, we're looking at calories in versus calories out in this very specific occasion. When we're talking purely about weight loss, natural sugar being better for weight loss than refined sugars is simply untrue because we've got the stats right here. One tablespoon of honey, one tablespoon of sugar. The honey is higher in calories, carbohydrates and sugar. So if it's higher in calories, then we know calorie in versus calorie out, it's actually not better for weight loss. But a lot of the time people think it is and they'll opt for those things that it says naturally sweetened or natural sugars and think that that's okay because that's healthy and that's on their weight loss journey, X, Y, Z. Totally fine to be eating natural sugars, but it is important to consider how much we're eating because it is still sugar. If I got to choose, of course, I would choose the honey, but at the end of the day, there isn't as much difference between natural and refined sugars as we're led to believe. When it comes to those trace minerals, they're often in such small amounts that doesn't make a whole lot of difference. I would rather have honey than a synthetic sweetener, so chemically sweetened things, um, and that's just me because I know that my body knows how to process honey. And I also always like to go with a lower GI food because I don't want my blood sugar to be spiking all the time. But in the case of natural sugar being better for weight loss than refined sugars, that myth is also busted. We're at the tail end of this episode. We're going into number five, the myth about weight loss, which is spot reduction. The idea that you can go and do a bunch of crunches and lose weight on your stomach. I'm really sad to be the one to break it to you, but you cannot control where you lose weight on the body. Now, I do want to say that muscle growth in certain areas, like your abdominals, for, ex for example, if you, if you work on your abdominals and making sure that your muscle is built in your abdominal areas, once you do lose the weight, you will have a more leaner physique. Well, it will look leaner, look like a more lean physique than someone who hasn't trained abs and they've just lost a bunch of weight. So, Muscle growth can give the illusion, because you have that definition, um, can give the illusion of a leaner physique. However, training your abs will not target fat loss of that area. So can you lose weight and can you target where you lose weight in the body? No, you cannot. That myth is busted. So guys, I do want to reiterate that when I say that these weight loss myths are wasting your time... I mean, because they're simply not true. And often these things we're stressing about, we're stressing about not having carbs, we're stressing about making sure we're doing lots of crunches so we can lose weight in our stomach, or we're having only natural sugars and we're being really strict and restrictive. 
at the end of the day, these are wasting your time because one, they're not true, but two, it's no way to live just focusing on how to lose weight and, and following all these rules, especially when the rules are actually wrong. So weight loss isn't something that I'm actually passionate about. And I prefer to fixate on the, the body's functionality and nutrition. But some of these pesty myths are still really circulating today. And so I hope that this episode has been helpful. If you're going to live it, you've got to love it. That is my motto. Do not compromise 95% of your joy and fun to weigh 5% less. I really hope that you got something out of this episode and I will talk to you soon. Until the next episode, as always, I wish you happiness and real health.